This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So are you feeling the stress of daily life? Do not let that stress weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or somebody like me, just trying to make it through a day tension-free, I've got your solution, Theragun. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. I'm telling you, this product is amazing. The Gen 4 Theragun does not just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, or an injury, or just relieve the stresses of everyday life, there simply is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The old screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site, check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. And Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers just like me and you. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash Rome. Theragun.com slash Rome. Do it right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. I'm telling you, this product is amazing. Theragun.com slash Rome. Theragun.com slash Rome. We got to do it eventually, right? I mean, it can only be the coach or you ever heard of those people? Oh, the refs were cheating. Okay, it can only be the referee so many times. I hear that every single day, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if not for that one high school coach, Chris, that hated me, I'd be in the pros right now. <laughs> right? Right, you know what I mean? Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to episode 176 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. This week, my guest is a two-time NBA champ and a brand new author, Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch had a great NBA career, but it was cut short and it ended not on the floor, but in a doctor's office. He covers that in a brand new book called Letters to Young Athlete. And we get into all of that right here on the pod. Plus, the dark side of going to Miami to join forces with LeBron and D. Wade. The lessons Pat Riley taught him both on and off the floor and what it felt like to get that Hall of Fame nod. All of that and so much more coming right at you in an open and honest podcast. Let's get it going. Episode 176 with Chris Bosch starts right now. So, Chris, I would say it's been a minute or maybe even 20 since you and I have spoken, but it's great to get caught up to date. Now, you are an author. you got a brand new book called Letters to a Young Athlete, which drops right about now. Congrats on that. You've obviously spent a lot of time on the big stage, but this is a little bit different. This is not a team game per se. So how does the literary stage feel to you, and what has today been like for you? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, been a whole challenge, of course, uh, 
you know, feeling, uh, being in a position where you have to suddenly retire and then, you know, picking up whatever pieces were there and trying to figure things out on the fly, you know, those presented uh, their challenges as well. But, you know, I just had to, you know, really use perseverance. Perseverance is just a, a big word that I use. Um, I always try to institute it in my everyday life. And when it came time to, I guess, find that next thing, so to speak, or find those things to get my mind off of the game enough to be able to function, you know, to have that cathartic experience, uh, writing definitely uh, took shape for me. And over the years, um, I just became, you know, I'm still competitive, so I wanted to get better and better at it. And after a while, I think that's what happened, and we were able to find a narrative, and, and you know, I wanted to leave something that would help people with, you know, those who are aspiring to do something great and, and try to do, you know, take on challenges and do things that people think are impossible. I want them to have some food for thought. And so I wanted to write something that I felt um, was very universal in the connection and, and you know, whoever you are, you can take away uh, something from it. All right. So it seems to me like it's, it's called Letters to a Young Athlete, but the book is written not only for young athletes, but pretty much for anybody and everybody who wants to achieve. Chris, it also mm-hmm. seems to me, I'm really curious about your process. As an example, before committing to this book, you met with my guy, Ryan Holiday, who appeared yeah. recently on one of my other podcasts, The Reinvention Project. I know you broke bread with him. I've done that with mm-hmm. him in California as well. I'm curious, the two of you spoke for hours. What do you remember about that discussion? Well, I mean, you know, it was interesting talking to him because um, I read his books, of course, and, you know, it's just a trip reading, meeting the people, the actual people that make the material uh, that you love. And so for me, it was it, it was really cool because we were I was, you know, thinking about these things. We're trying to figure out a way and we're trying to partner in different ways to figure out how to do this book. And I mean, he just he was just so great in explaining how things go. Um, collaboration, and really just bouncing ideas and being that person to help me through the process, you know. And, and I mean, you know, I was already a fan of his work anyway. So to be able to collaborate and work with someone um, and help flesh out these ideas, uh, it, it was great, you know. And, and just to be able just to have a lunch and, and, and talk for a few hours just about the ideals and how to get over obstacles, you know, it was, uh, it was a great Great lunch, a legendary lunch, actually. He's a great dude. He is a great dude, really thoughtful dude. So Pat <clears throat> Riley wrote the forward for the book. I'm not sure the league has ever seen anybody quite like Riley. I mean, he may be one of one. What yeah, What are your sure. biggest basketball and life lessons, takeaways that you've had from Pat Riley and the time you spent with him? Man, we had, I, I could say it was while I was a player, and we had many legendary dinners and conversations. Um, but in particular, uh, after I was done playing, uh, we had a conversation just about how his career ended and he, I didn't even know how his career ended and, you know, it was just over for him one day and he had, he, you know, said the same things that I was feeling. He said, I felt like I was floating and I had so much anger and hostility that I had to work through and, and I had to get over those things and I eventually had to find that next thing. But he, you know, he emerged successful and that was kind of a major, major conversation and a moment for me because 
you know, then he opened up to me. I already knew it, but then we talked about him being an author and his writing experience. And he told me, yeah, I was always a writer as well. This is what I wrote. Yeah, I did this. Oh, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the, these things too, yo. And I had never, it had never occurred to me to actually, you know, read his books. It never occurred to me, you know what I mean? So I dove into his books and, and, you know, throughout this process, he was very encouraging. He was telling me like, yo, that's great. You should keep writing. That is, uh, that is awesome. You should continue with that. I'm telling you, that could be very good for you. It is the perfect season for a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies Summer Sale Event. Save up to 45% on secure PCs built for business with Windows 10 Pro. You'll also find great savings on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and other accessories to help boost productivity. Plus, enjoy free shipping on everything. Do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL for business specials during Dell's Summer Sale Event. It's really interesting, too, that you didn't read his books because you always read. Like, you were a voracious, avid reader. You loved reading yeah. books. So, when you know, when he says to you, man, it's the way my career ended was really difficult. I want to ask you this because every great athlete wants to go out on their own terms, and very few ever actually do. Like, injuries yeah. are a part of the game. You know this. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. what you and every other athlete have signed up for, but it wasn't an injury per se that ended your career, and it didn't happen on the court or even in practice. Your career ended in a doctor's office with a pretty rare medical condition. So mm-hmm. how hard was that to reconcile? And then how did you go about processing that? It was extremely difficult, um, you know, to play in front of 20,000 people every night. And then all of a sudden, you know, and, and to put everything, a lifetime of work into the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, no offense to him, but that's how I felt. Some guy who doesn't have the same experience of you telling you, like, oh, yeah, that's it. So casually, you know. And, you know, for me, whether he was telling the truth or not, which he was, it was still like, it was still something that I had to deal with and I had to process. And it wasn't easy, but one of the things that helped me was really diving into family, <clears throat> um, taking my son to school every day. Um, you know, because my younger children, it does not affect them. They don't think of those things like I do. They don't have the same feelings. They have their experience and they need their father, you know? So I had to really dive into that. I, um, writing, you know, uh, helped out a lot, you know, being a husband, you know, making sure that, you know, I adjust to this household because, wow, I told my wife, like, man, these kids get really loud, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yes. I know. Yes, so I do know. <laughs> I be those hands. Yeah, I have to, you know, help my help my wife with our five children, you know, and making sure they have what they need and they have the attention they need. And, you know, they their accounts are working and, <laughs> and the video games are working and the homework is done. You know, I had to I had to fill those roles and, and make sure it, it got done. And, and, you know, those are the things that really, really helped me transition to where I am now. Hmm. You know, something you write about in the book, you write about ego in the book and you say, quote, ego is one of those things that's hard to define exactly, but you know it when you see it, end quote. So having said that, like, what does ego look like exactly? It kind of when, 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 when it's not, when it's only about you and your feelings and what you've been through 
and not taking in consideration that it's a team effort, regardless of any situation that you're in, when you're not thinking, uh, when you're not empathizing um, with others, and you're kind of just fixated on this thing. So for me, it was always easy to recognize at my older age, of course, just like, oh, yeah, <clears throat> that game when I was just complaining because I didn't get touches, eh, yeah, that was uh, that was ego talking, I, you know. We, you know, we could have easily talked about my blown defensive assignments. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? We didn't do that. We didn't talk about my mistakes. I just talked about everybody else's mistakes. You know, so that's usually usually how it comes up. That's how I identified it. You know, in in, in of course in writing this book and like, you know, hopefully shortly after I make a mistake, realizing like, yeah, I probably I could have handled that a little better. So what's really interesting to me is that you can see it in others. It's not hard to see in others, but sometimes it's hard to see within. But it sounds like oh, you yeah. did look in the mirror, and you did see it. And at times, maybe it did hurt you and hold you back, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the hardest part, when it's you. Right, sure. <laughs> it's easy when it's somebody else. When it's you, it's like, yeah, you stink. You are holding us back. You know, you need to get better. It's, man, or I need to get better. That's that's a That's a hell of a thing. To take and and accept and 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 actually you know move on from, and I want people to understand that <clears throat> I've seen, and that's one of the reasons I, I wrote this book as well. I played I played with plenty of guys that had you know uh, uh, NBA talent. If we're talking NBA talent, it wasn't about talent. You know, I played with plenty and plenty of guys that could hold their own in an NBA game, but it, it, it just sometimes it seemed to be something else that was hindering them. And I don't want people to externally blame all other things all the time. It's like, okay, all right, man. I mean, you know, we got to do it eventually, right? I mean, it, it can only be the coach or, or you ever heard of those people, oh, the refs were cheating. <laughs> okay, it can only be the referee so many times. Like, <laughs> you know. ever hear, I hear that every single day, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's if exactly if not for so. that one high school coach, Chris, that hated me, I'd be in the pros right now. <laughs> right? Right. You know what I mean? It gets old after a while. So you have to you have to get over those things and you have to move on, you know, and and, 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 and just process it and and get better from it and not let that hinder you in this crazy spin cycle of just nothing. You know, you want to move on. See, here's the thing. Like, you and I are having a conversation, and I'm sure some people listening are like, yeah, well, ask him about the Heat. Ask him about LeBron. And I can, and I might. But there's some, there's something so much deeper in this that's so fascinating to me, and it's about what this book is. And it's about the way you kind of live your life and the way you think about things. As an example, you always hear people say, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And obviously, yeah. we are what we eat. I feel really strongly that we all are what we consume. Not what we eat, mm -hmm. but what we consume. Like, there is so much bullshit yeah. out there for us to consume and a lot of it's being absorbed right Chris whether we know it or not we're getting it we're picking up on it and we're absorbing yeah. it so how careful are you about what you let or do not let into your mind and do you have those talks with your kids so it's so interesting you say that uh, I fully agree um, one of the instances <clears throat> was the recent attack on the Capitol right you have that after a polarizing election and after just, you know, I mean, just it was nasty, right? 
And then this is on top of being inundated with just social unrest and um, world, uh, unrest around the world and war and hunger. And, you know, it's a 24-hour news cycle. Is even they, they found a way to put more hours in 24 hours, right? That's what it seems like. So, like, one of the things that I was very, very aware of, um, especially starting this year, was to be even more, um, more careful with what I consume. Because, I mean, think about it, and maybe you've had the same experience, but, like, news apps and stuff like that, nothing wrong with them. I love them. But goodness gracious, man. I mean, you, you read the news, it's just like, good, man. You watch the news. It's, I don't care which news network you watch. It's like, goodness gracious, the world is coming to an end. I had to, I had to go back into myself and say, okay, no, no, no. Yeah, we are what we consume. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch. I'm going to do math. You know, I'm a, I'm a watch a video on engineering. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, what, what future technologies will be here by 2030? You know, let me put, let me be more aware and more intent on what I'm putting into my mind because I'm creating my future whether I know it or not. So let me put something that's worth, worth a damn, you know, and 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 that will help me as opposed to just saying, can you believe what happened and that's it. You know, it, it just, uh, it, it just can, you can just get inundated so much. I, I made more of a focus to, to be like, okay, if it's, if it's news I'm taking in, it's going to be good news. You know, there are problems and things that, of course, you know, we have to play the long game and do the continuous work every day. But for the most part, my daily consumption, I've got to be very, very aware of that. I think that's extremely well said. And I'm not even saying put your head in the sand, and I'm not saying that we should not know what's going on in the world around us, but I think you're right. I think we need to be very... We, we need to be proactive in what it is we're taking in, right? And not so passive mm-hmm. and not so reactive because nobody's saying you have to do this or that. Like, we got to run our own mind. we got to run our own thing. And I, I think that is so, so important. Hey, listen, are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake. Don't grab a bar. Instead, reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business. They take their smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried out, rough, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal. And it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned, Teriyaki, Peppered, Hot and Spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, just grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Chris, I'm jumping around a little bit, but what about becoming a member of the 2021 Hall of Fame class. Congratulations on that. But I do want to say this. You always said for a number of years, hey, look, this is where I'm going to end up. This is where I'm going to end up. So I would imagine it's not a surprise to you. But when it finally did happen, did it feel the way you thought it would? Um, that was my bravado speaking. That was more okay. <laughs> my confidence speaking because that was – you know, I knew I had so much more work to go. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make the Hall of Fame because I'm in here every night, you know. <laughs> right. 
that was that was that was uh, that was what I was thinking. I mean, just when it really happens, I joke around with people and tell them like, man, I was I was in the midst of my regular day stuff. I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm talking to my kids, making sure they're doing their homework and making sure they're paying attention in homeschool, taking out the trash. I'm cleaning up my office and things like that. And I mean, it was just it was just really just a moment to just take and just really just look at the wall and just think about the whole ride. You know, that was immediately what happened, just thinking about the whole way through. And and I wasn't thinking about all-stars or championships or, or, or any of those things or even making the league, parts of the league, but I was thinking about the friends I made. I was thinking about, you know, those, those fun summers when we actually got to, like, you know, order McDonald's and stay in a room and play PlayStation before our game tomorrow during summer league. Um, you know, all the coaches and teammates that helped me, you know, the mothers and fathers that gave me a ride to practice. My father, you know, my parents who gave me, you know, rides to and from practice. You know, those were the things that I immediately thought about, you know, just thinking about the game as, as a whole and how much it, it, it had done for me. And, you know, it was just amazing, man. I just really, really enjoyed that moment. And, you know, I think it's going to continue to hit me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I was just going to say, I bet something like that takes a long, long time to sink in. So I'm wondering, if we go back to that point about ego, right, and you had to think about the team around you and the things that were bigger than you, I'm kind of curious, when you came together with the big three, I mean, because of your background, you were always the guy and went right into the league as a teenager yeah. and dealt with that. When you came together with the big three, you're also extremely mindful and thoughtful. Like, you know what that meant. You knew what that meant coming in. All right, I've got a great chance to be a part of something huge and we can win, right. but i got to share the ball. I have to share the accolades. Right. I have to share the glory. I may never be considered the guy when I've always been that guy, but maybe not in that setup. Like, what was your mindset going into that situation? Well, to be honest with you, I thought I was going to be the leading scorer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I get that. Fair yeah, enough. Because I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get my touches down here. And then, and I have Brian and D making plays for me. Oh, boy, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I'm going to be open. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, after a while, you kind of see that, okay, all right, you kind of have to settle into your role. I didn't, I didn't know that um, that was one of the mistakes in, in being naive that I made. I thought that, oh, yeah, I'm going to be super cool now and everybody's going to love this decision and just know and understand that this is something great and I'm a great player. And I put, you know, too much faith into that. And so when it didn't happen, it hurt me, you know, and I wasn't able uh, to bounce back in time from that. But I was able to, you know, eventually do the work, put in the work to, to overcome that challenge. And, and, you know, I had to figure it out. But for the most part, you know, coming into it, there was some, yeah, there was some naive nature just in the way that things were working. And I didn't, you know, I didn't think at all. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the Boston big three. Like, oh, yeah, I'm at least be. You see the reception for KG, not knowing his personal story or whatever he goes through, but just the perception. And so, you know, when those things happened and, and we got together and, and, you know, I didn't get the praise that I thought I was due, you know, it, it kind of threw my game off. I start worrying about other things. And so I learned a lesson from that and saying, okay, what in the world makes you think 
that people would root for you. Think about it, man. I mean, you know, it's sports. You know sports, and those are the honest conversations I had to have with my, have myself, you know. You know how sports is. You know how this thing is. You know, if you if it's your home team, cool. But if it's not, then it is what it is. And then so, you know, and, and you're in the pursuit of a championship. This is what MJ went through. This is what Kobe and Shaq went through. Pippen, you know, Dream, all these guys. This is what it went through. So if this is what you want, you know, now you know what what's at stake. <laughs> That's the truth, isn't it? Hey, you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. Especially when you're 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 naive because you don't know any different. You never had that kind of experience before. Like if you went through that, like what was Braun going through? Because I remember when he tried he tried to throw on that that black hat for a while and be the villain. But man, that's not who he is either. So at all, was he going through something similar to you in that regard? Oh, I think so because it's just like man, you can't understand it, and especially as a younger person, it's like man, you know, I. What do you know at you know in your early to mid twenties? You know we're just trying to do the best that we can to provide for our families, and man, it's like it's magic. You know we're in the NBA. I would never thought I'd be here. You know what I mean? It's like I'm making decisions on the fly, right? You know, but yeah, I think um, you know trying to put on that black hat. I had you know I even had friends tell me like, oh man, you should be more of a villain, man. I love that role. You know, oh I wish if I was man, if I if 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 you know, and it's just. Like, yeah, I hear you, but until you really go through it it, 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 it didn't become fun anymore. Like, we're playing basketball, and, you know, I was saying this earlier, all I wanted to do was consistently win in the NBA because winning just a regular season game in the NBA is really hard. You have to be on a really good team. And so to finally have that happening and at the same time me not being happy or me just worrying about other things, that it, it hit me. I'm like, man, I thought this would be really different. So I had to kind of, you know, visit, revisit the why that I played the game. You know, I think we all did. You know, and I write about that in my book as well, finding your why. Because if it's money and accolades and being popular, then, you know, it's it's not going to end out well. So at that point then, yeah, exactly. I can see that too. Like, wait, this, this is not what I thought. Man, they're supposed to love yeah. us. This is awesome, and it's not. You know, and then you guys got that tough start. You didn't win it that first year, and it took some time. So when did you find your why, and what was your why? I think I truly found my why after we lost. I mean, it had always been just loving to play the game, loving to perform in front of people. You know, I can always consider myself an artist out there on the court expressing himself. You know, that's that was my best art form, and, and just going out there and it just felt good, you know, and, and striving to be better every day. After, after I lost, you know, I always tell people, man, that was my hometown team that I lost to. Don't forget. You yeah, know right. what I mean? So I'm watching my high school teammates on Facebook with Dallas champions shirts, championship shirts. I'm just like, oh, nobody. Y'all weren't fans back in the day, you know. And so going from that to it fueling me to say, no, you know what, I'm going to – I'm going to stand up for, you know, accomplishing my dreams. I said, we said that we were going to do this. 
we want to experience that glory of um, of coming together as a team, having fun playing the game, and really just rising to the occasion every chance that we get, and hopefully, hopefully win a title. And we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Takes time. You got to figure it out. So let me ask you this: when you when you watch LeBron right now, like if he can't count on Anthony Davis to be in the lineup, does LeBron, in your mind, Chris, does he have enough left in the tank and enough help around him to finish this thing off and defend the title? Or finally, is that just too much to ask, even of this guy? You know, that's the best part. It's always too much to ask, even when it's LeBron James. You need more, right? <laughs> it's, right. It's incredible. I mean, you know. That's what I love about sports. You just have to kind of go with what the present moment is, and you know, hey, he can go. He can. He can go. You know, he can be who he needs to be for them to win the series. But it takes a team effort. I think each one of those team members, if they play their role and they step up and they meet match his intensity and they match his, you know, focus and all those things. I think they'll be fine until AD gets back. I've had a growing strain and almost damn near the same predicament as AD, which it was really worse. So, like, you know, he, he's probably, you know, he'll probably be out for a few weeks. if So it's just all about survival right now. And so for Brian, you know, he's going to take it one game at a time, and maybe that's best for him is maybe if he's looking at the championship, it's, it's too far away. Maybe he needs to, you know, stay in the moment right now. And that will force him to kind of go to otherworldly places. But, you know, to answer your question, Jim, yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> it's never fair. You know what I mean? We, we always want more, and that's what it requires. You've probably all thought this at one time or another. You know, I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Hey, listen, do not kid yourself. There is no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you have used any of these excuses or any others, you are putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2019, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. So no matter what kind of a car you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis and you use ride-sharing services too. Law enforcement is on the lookout and writing tickets. Why would you take the risk? Seatbelts save lives. Do the smart thing. Buckle up every single trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, Chris, when you, that's really interesting what you just said. It's not fair. So, like, in the end, when you were dealing with your blood clots and you were doing everything you could to come back, you wanted it so badly and you had something to prove, at any point during that process, did you say, Hey, man, this is not fair. Why me? Yeah. What did I do to piss the basketball gods off? Yeah, every day. Every day, man. Uh, and this is a conversation that me and Pat had. You know, we were talking about it, and I'm like, man, I know how I felt internally. That team that year, we were, at the time, we were the third seed with our eye on the second seed. And I remember, I mean, and we, we, it was, it was, this was our squad. It was me, Goran, Dragic. Hassan Whiteside, Dwayne Wade, Lou Aldang with Joe Johnson coming off the bench. I was looking like, yo, hey, guys, you know, we can go small and switch everything late in the game. We can compete for a championship. You know, so this was like my mindset and my challenge that I'm giving 
you know, myself and the team, along with uh, Dwayne as captains. And, you know, Pat Riley said the same thing. Like, man, I think we could have we competed for a championship in that year. So, you know, I was, I was in the middle of trying to get back to glory. You know, um, LeBron had left. He, he chose to go back to Cleveland. So Dwayne and I, we were, we were focused on being, you know, a dynamic one-two punch with a very good team. And we were trying to win it all as well. So that was a challenge, and I never got to that. It's, it'll be a fun what-if story later or now. But, you know, it just was what it was. And, you know, eventually I had to realize that you were speaking on it earlier. To be honest with you, if you're an athlete and this is the business that you do, this is what, it ha- this is what happens. Because I found myself talking to my other ex-teammates that retired just suddenly. Just like, yeah, I had a I had, you know, my arm, my foot didn't get signed back. It is what it is. You know, like we have to figure out what we're going to do next because, you know, if you have someone with an ailing injury in their 30s that's 10 years in the game, it's not their fault. It's nothing they did. I just turned an ankle. You know, I stepped on somebody else's foot, actually. Now it's nothing I can do. You know, the the league, you know, it continues to move on. And, you know, eventually that's our fate. So I I was like one of the other huge things I want um, ex-athletes that are doing this, whether whatever level you're at, you could be, you could feel that way in college, you know, it eventually comes to an end. But if you have other things to fall back on, other hobbies, other things that you're interested in, you can, you can, you can, you know, you can figure it out, you know, eventually. And by the way, not only could it happen in your 30s after you already had a great career, you still have potentially another 50 years of life or more that you have to capitalize on. Chris, one last thought, and it's so great to get caught up with you, because you mentioned LeBron. I know you were a huge Kobe guy, and Kobe was Mm -hmm. always very upfront about, hey, man, I need to win without Shaq. I need to prove that, too. (laughs) And I'm not trying to get you to say anything negative, but was there a strong sense between you and Dwayne Wade? Because LeBron made his choice, and LeBron went out and he got his, and it was amazing. But did you have a strong sense of, we want to show that we can also do it without him? Oh, of course. And I think there was something in him that wanted to prove that he could do it without us. And he did it, you know? I mean, that's uh, that's the competitive nature. And that's what I was looking forward to. I mean, just that was another tough pill to swallow because I wanted to play, you know, the way it was lining up. I said, hey, we might play, we'll play Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. How about that? Whoa, how, man, how fun would that be? And, you know, I've been, we've played against each other actually more than we've played with each other. So, you know, you know what the game is. I mean, even now, you see Chris Paul and Brian out there. You know, just just it, it would have been way more physical with us, <laughs> right? For sure. But you know, the game is the game, and you can't cheat the game, whether you know that's your friend or not. And I was always easily able to separate the two. So when it came down to competition, you know, LeBron knew what it was, and if we would have played them too, every time, hey, we playing Brian tonight, we got to be focused because. You know, we know how he's going to play. He's going to play hard. He's going to be focused, and he wants to win. And, you know, it's the same with us. And then you can hug it out afterwards. A two-time. Yeah, hug it out afterwards. You know, man, I'll, I'll tell you, good doctor, you can get that looked at. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it, man. A two-time yeah, NBA All-Star. I love that, man. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Finish that thought, Chris. Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, just, you know, it's always the summertime. That's uh, one thing and I would always implore guys to think about, like, hey, you got all summer to hang out. You can do what you want. But, man, on this court during the season, you know, separate it because there's only there's only one winner. 
and and you know you have to remember that every single time which if you disagree is fine but if you feel a certain way when they're giving out the trophies then you know give everything you can for your, for a competitive edge. Hey, man, love the game. It is a game. Love the game. But business is also business. And there's a lot of these lessons in a brand-new book, Letters to a Young Athlete, already a two-time NBA champ, an 11-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, class of 2021. Chris, so, so good to get caught up. I really appreciate you spending that much time. Good luck with that book. It's a great thing, and it's really good to get caught up, man. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, man. Huge thanks to Chris Bosch. What a great conversation that was. My man is great to talk to. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you did, I'm sitting right here on a stack of 175 more just as good, including my most recent episode with Jay Cutler. So take a look at that and all the rest. Drop a needle on something that happens to grab your attention. I guarantee you'll be glad you did. Back next week with episode 177. But until then, here are your voicemails. First new message. Hey, Jim. Alex in Wisconsin here again. just want to give a quick shout-out to my buddy Christian Pulisic for being the first American to ever wrap his American arms around the Champions League trophy. I mean, it's totally awesome that Chelsea won the Champions League again. But the fact that there was an American on the pitch when the final whistle sounded is absolutely incredible. War. Triple G, Burhalter having zero excuses for the U.S. not making the World Cup in 2022. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. Bella B in Calgary. Lakers, Suns game started, and I have no idea what to do. You should get big head on every single day. Go Suns. Message saved. Next message. Rome, I know the old man thinks he's like some master booker getting cutty on the show, which was awesome. But until he gets Marshawn Lynch, he's still second rate. Message deleted. Next message. Woo! Jimmy, it's Dr. Dave. Wanted to say thanks to Mark and Boston for some great Cubs tickets tonight. Got to see the Cubs kick Fernando Tatis' ass. Bo Bichette is definitely still better than him. Jays win, Cubs win, Padres lose. What a fucking night. Lakers fucking suck, too, because they're losing by 30 right now. Fuck you, LeBron. Later. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. I love your show. And your boy from Johnny from New York lives above me. He's a very nice guy, and he's so sorry for what he did. That I think that he's going to send you an olive tree plant because he's really sorry, too. I told him he screwed up. So please give him a chance. I'm just uh, a friend, Carl. Message deleted. Next message. What's up, Rome? This is Justin in Green Bay. I stopped home for lunch, and I was listening to you on the way there and back. And when I stopped home, I may have eaten some gummies and gotten pretty ripped. And you just went into your, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? What? What? How, what are we doing? What are we? How, how do we? What? what? That whole bowl. And, man, I was losing it. I didn't know if it was me or the gummies or you or what was going on, man. But now I got to go back to work. Ah! Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Justin, and Melbourne. Man, Cuddy is so awesome. Your conversation with him, I didn't know if you were interviewing a former quarterback or a former surfer with all those dude comments, man. Guy's incredible, man. And I'm very impressed with his – uh 
him being a meat connoisseur. My only question is, does he dedicate some of his dishes to his former favorite head coach, Shani, with the lobster special combined with the steak? Message saved. You have no more messages.